the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. But guess what? You're not alone. You may not know it now, but support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help find you a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com to explore the possibilities. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hi there. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions and promote evolutionary thinking. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. This hour we'll be exploring Awakening to Spirit Guides. With things changing so rapidly in our world, we could all use some guidance. In the not-so-distant past, we looked to those with more experience or education for direction. However, the era we're entering is unprecedented. We often find the old tried-and-true no longer works, leaving us floundering. Though I strongly suspect these times to be the most drastic in recorded history, it's not the first occasion humankind has been confronted with radical change. Historically, when the old ways no longer served, the people would look to their shaman for guidance. In turn, the shaman looked to their spirit guides. In New Age circles, there's much talk of spirits' guides. From animal totems and angels to dead ancestors and even extraterrestrials, there are supposedly omnipotent spirits willing to enable to help us find safe passage. On the other hand, there are supposedly haunting spirits, possessing spirits, demons, reptilians, and things that go bump in the night. What exactly are spirits? Do evil spirits really exist? Are there spirits who have our best interest at heart? How can we tell friend from foe? How do we find and connect with our spirit guides? With us this hour to explore this confusing yet important topic is Bernard Alvarez, a world-renowned spiritual consciousness teacher and intuitive. He's a certified Reiki master, an ordained minister, a doctor of metaphysics, and the author of The Book of One, Returning to Source Wisdom. Bernard is a video and radio producer and was featured in the film Collective Evolution 3, The Shift. He offers personal, intuitive, spiritual mentoring and counseling, as well as courses and workshops on one's higher self, soul's journey, and path to divine awareness. With expertise in philosophy, healing, mysticism, and metaphysics, he helps people gain the clarity they are seeking. His website, BernardAlvarez.com. Bernard, thank you so much for joining us on The Science of Magic. Well, thank you for having me today. Uh, Well, that's so nice to be here. 
<laughs> it's wonderful having you. You're an ordained minister. Where were you ordained? Um, I was actually ordained uh, online, like, like most people these days. Uh, I was a, a lay minister for the Unitarian Fellowship of South Florida. And uh, when I moved to Virginia, I needed my license to perform wedding ceremonies. So I did it online, like most people, and got my license through the city. Okay, well, that works, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you, but you did have some experience as a minister. Absolutely, yes, for 20-some-odd for yeah. years now. I thought you did, yeah. Uh, tell me, what's a doctor of metaphysics? A doctor of metaphysics, that's another very interesting story. A doctor of metaphysics is, um, well, to answer your question, a doctor of metaphysics is someone who studies philosophy, but in the realm of metaphysics. Uh, metaphysics uh, in the academic circles is called ontology. And uh, while I was going to university, my philosophy teacher told me, he said, don't bother getting a master's in philosophy. You'll never use it. And, <laughs> and I, of course, uh, rebelled and went out and found alternative sources to get my uh, doctorate in metaphysics. Oh, interesting. Um, a lot of your work seems shamanic in nature. Were you shamanically trained, Bernard? Uh, that's a great question. Yes, actually, I was. Uh, I was very lucky when I started on this path in my early 20s uh, to find out that the gentleman who was the landlord of the uh, of the home I was living in at the time was an Algonquin shaman. He had discovered my uh, altar room, and to my to my fear and embarrassment, I thought he was I thought he was going to kick me out, and it turned out he brought me over to his home and introduced me to his library and explained to me that he was a uh, a shaman himself, and took me under his wing. Where's Algonquin? How would you say that? What Algonquin. Where's that from? Uh, I believe that's in the New York area. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's it's uh, um, Native American. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard of that tribe. You yeah. think I would? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to take a, a little, little pause here. Uh, it's time for that commercial break. So Bernard and I will return shortly. Don't you go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are aired daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. The Science of Magic is produced by Relmar McConnell, media company, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, 
and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Soldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is author of The Book of One, Returning to Source Wisdom, Bernard Alvarez. His website, bernardalvarez.com. Bernard, what exactly are spirit guides? Well, thank you for asking, Gwilda. Uh, For me, spirit guides are infinite universal wisdom uh, condensed into some form of conscious being, whether it be a a light being, a transdimensional entity. It could be uh, consciousness from an ancestor who has passed. Uh, it could be something as uh, as as ancient as uh, an archangel, as we understand them to be uh, the part of consciousness, what I consider source consciousness, a representation of that. But for me, exactly, spirit guides are always watching over us. I believe that they speak to us through our subconscious or our higher conscious self. And uh, many times we're in communication with them, and we, we don't even realize we are in communication with them. But I do believe they are here to benefit us and to guide us and help us make decisions and, and kind of nudge us along the way. Well, it's, it's interesting. You speak of um, angels, of archetypes. Um, are they metaphorical in nature? Do you think that it's just a way they present themselves in our, in our consciousness in order to make sense to our, our, our uh, human mind? I believe so, yes. As a matter of fact, I speak about that quite a bit in my book, whereas uh, I I kind of looked at my guides when they presented themselves to me, and they actually said to me, we are you, we are your higher conscious mind, but we are also infinite, uh, not uh, in the beginning, not in the end, we are timeless. So I saw that as 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 them saying to me, that yes, we are of you know, of a collective unconsciousness, so to speak, uh, speaking to you. So it's kind of like transducers from a much higher frequency down to one that we uh, relate to in in the ordinary reality. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I agree. Okay, okay, I get it. <laughs> what all, what all <laughs> kinds are there? Well, um, 
through my studies, and I'm sure you've studied them as well, we hear about uh, totem animals and uh, our totem beings as well as uh, ancestors. Uh, those of us uh, involved in indigenous uh, spirituality uh, like to reconnect with our ancestors as well as um, archangels. Uh, I've spoken to many people who specialize in that work, and I find that very interesting. But again, it falls upon the, that belief in archangels like we were talking about. Um, there's the idea. For me, I see them as transdimensional entities and or we could even call them extraterrestrials if we go into the realm of beings that can uh, move through time and space uh, in order to communicate with us. So I do believe there are many different types as well as uh, if we want to look toward the nature spirits, uh, the elementals who may live on a different plane of consciousness. The um, totem animals, um, I've personally noticed a huge um, commonality between the behavior of, of totem animals, you know, helping spirit totem animals, and the animals in ordinary reality. Have you experienced that, and what do you think that's about? Uh, that's very interesting. I just had a, a, a very interesting uh, afternoon with, uh, with a local shaman here. Uh, uh, Azrae Windwalker is, uh, is a very well-known shaman here in the area. And uh, she was telling me about uh, bears, and she said, you are bear. And I, I said, I've never been told much about that, but it's very interesting that I've always had an affinity uh, with bears, and I've actually moved into a region where I could be around them more. So I, I kind of put two and two together, but I, did, uh, I do feel that uh, as we are reconnecting with nature now more, many of us, uh, we are feeling that draw away from uh, the artificial paradigm of the big city or uh, media-induced, uh, well, media-induced illusions as we're connecting back now with nature that many people are being more drawn into the realm of uh, totem animals and having that connection with nature and having that connection with animals, we're beginning to uh, be able to interpret what they, what they signify to us, not only on an individual level, but on a collective level. You know, there's a school of, school of thought that says that each uh, nation, if you will, of animals is responsible for holding a particular frequency um, on the planet. Where do you stand with that? I couldn't agree more. Uh, it, again, going back to that idea that it is all um, one collective consciousness. And again, that's a very big concept in my book that uh, there is one consciousness. We are just a piece of that consciousness. And uh, just like you said, uh, particular animals, animal kingdoms and animal worlds uh, do hold a particular frequency within that multi faceted um, collective frequency that is, uh, you know, the unified, unified field, unified consciousness. What about the ones that are extinct or the ones that we thought were, um, you know, like dragons and unicorns and that sort of thing or uh, dinosaurs? That, I love that question. Thank you for asking that. Um, I do firmly hold the belief that there, this is one particular reality. This is one particular plane of consciousness. And just because uh, we can't see something or just because on this particular timeline something may not be uh, visible or accessible to us, I firmly believe that there are other planes of consciousness, whether you want to call them parallel dimensions or parallel worlds or even uh, just higher frequency worlds that we cannot access, that they do still exist there. Do you do you believe um, you know one of the ways I look at things is uh, throughout the ages the frequencies that the planet is exposed to alter they go up they go down and it's pretty systematic that's what the astrological ages indicate and also the Mayan calendar do you think that there are times that promote the existence of different animal kingdoms here and then others that they're actually here but we don't see them they're not physical until we're at a frequency where they can coexist. Yes, uh, yes, totally. Um, it seems to me, and we see this throughout the ages, we're, we're, we, we hear of times uh, where, uh, well, for example, if we look back at the biblical stories, I mean, those, some of those stories are completely uh, supernatural sounding, for lack of a better term, or paranormal, uh, would be considered paranormal by today's standards. Uh, but I do believe that as the collective consciousness of the planet, whether it is uh, just humanity's collective consciousness or the collective consciousness of all life, including animals, birds, insects, and whatnot, I believe that a certain window uh, begins to to open to allow 
um, that information to come through. Uh, a very good example, uh, we have it currently right now we, we, with uh, the, what do they call that? Uh, I forgot the terminology for ethnobiology or whatnot. Uh, you know, the Bigfoots of the world, the Yetis of the world. And uh, the belief Crypto's, is that... Cryptozoology, I believe. Cryptozoology, thank, yeah. thank mm-hmm. you. And uh, the idea that uh, these beings are only available to those who can who can see them or uh, or they are coming in and out of perhaps uh, portals uh, in order for us, uh, well, in order for us to see them, they would have to come through some type of vibratory portal or something. Well, you know, that kind of gives us hope in a way, doesn't it? Because right now all we hear about is everything going extinct, but something new coming in is is not really thought that much of. Yes, that's true. And, you know, I can't help but feel that many of uh, some of the some of these uh, animal kingdoms that are going extinct perhaps did trans, uh, transmute or transport themselves uh, or were uh, rescued into another realm of reality or another dimension. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We could, we, I like that thought. That's a good thought. <laughs> OK, here's a tough one. Are there evil spirits out there as well, Bernard? I would say... My answer to that is that everything is vibratory. And uh, even if there are evil spirits, and yes, there are low-frequency beings. We have uh, the tricksters. We have, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, the gremlins of the of the universe, so to speak. But for me, they're very low-vibrational, and I don't see them as being harmful. Uh, if anything, I believe that the lower frequency that we are in Uh, the more we can be affected by these so-called, quote-unquote, evil, low-vibratory beings. So, yes, there are low-vibratory beings that are are desperate and perhaps, uh, you know, uh, I I don't like to use the word evil, but let's just say they have uh, less than beneficial intent. Uh, And perhaps they just use it out of desperation or perhaps they're just using it, you know, uh, tormenting us for uh, their own entertainment but again i do believe that if we are not in a low vibrational um, uh, frequency with them they can't really affect us but yeah i believe they're out there so in other words if you don't want to be eaten by a shark don't swim at their depth very very good analogy correct <laughs> what about possessing spirits Uh, That's a very good question, and, you know, the reality of that is that I feel that most of these uh, claims of possession are either psychologically induced or, if they are uh, proven to be real, many of the times it's people wanting to allow this uh, other consciousness moving into them. Uh, For a a great example, as we look at the uh, Caribbean or West African religions where they call it riding the spirit and they allow the spirit to come into them uh, as a form of, of worship and celebration of their of their gods. But as far as what we see here in the Western world, I think it's fair to say uh, that most of the time it is either that uh, the person is dealing with psychological issues or they are at such a low frequency that they're allowing this uh, this energy uh, to move through them, this consciousness. So it's, a, it's uh, like resonance. Again, yes. Okay, okay. How can you tell the good guys from the bad guys? Uh, another great question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it's very simple. Uh, how do you feel? How do you feel? Does the, does their presence make you feel uh, inspired? Does their presence make you feel expansive? I, I like to use uh, my body, and I teach uh, using our central nervous system, using our body as the guide with how, uh, of of telling the difference uh, and and understanding our relationship with a spirit or uh, some type of guide. If if you're finding your chest to be more open, if you're finding yourself to be relaxed, then by all means, listen to your body. It means that it's probably a very helpful spirit. If it is constricting you in any way, if there's any fear involved, and I don't mean reactionary fear like surprise that something has come through or surprise, but once you move past that surprise and shock, of communicating with something otherworldly, for lack of a better term, if that feeling is is uh, expansive, it's usually good. If it's constricting, uh, it's definitely a no-no. And I also uh, feel that uh, an underlying factor is that they don't tell you what to do. If somebody is trying to tell you what to do or force you to do something you don't want to do, 
uh, just like in this world, in the other world, it's probably not a beneficial uh, spirit. So like the devil made me do it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we have to take responsibility for our actions, and and if anything, the the spirit guide should be teaching you to take responsibility for your actions. Well, we have less than a minute left here in this segment, but I'm going to introduce something. We say if you go too low in frequency, that it can be harmful, that it's incompatible frequency, then that's what evil spirit is. What happens if you go too high, like the acid base? Ah, yes. Uh, I firmly believe that we have got to maintain a balance. Uh, I talk about, uh, and actually I've experienced what we call psychic whip- whiplash, uh, where you've opened, you've blown open your chakras way too fast that you're not ready for. Uh, we hear it in uh, in a lot of the Kabbalistic or Western esoteric training, uh, such as like uh, ceremonial magic and Kabbalistic magic, that if we were to see the face of God, we would not be prepared, our body couldn't take it, and we would just Absolutely. explode. It's, so. <laughs> time, it's time for a short pause, but we're going to have to look at exploding on the other side of this break. <laughs> Bernard and I will return to our discussion, so don't go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarwalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com.
Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is spiritual consciousness teacher and intuitive Bernard Alvarez. His website, bernardalvarez.com. Bernard, we were talking about blowing up. <laughs> In other words, there's uh, two levels. It's uh, Frequency is a question of balance. Would you like to finish that thought? Yes, absolutely. Um, as I was saying, um... Uh, we were talking about uh, psychic whiplash, for lack of a better term. So it's very important, I, I have to say, for those that are pursuing connection to that highest frequency, so to speak, that we must prepare our physical, our emotional, and our spiritual bodies in order to receive that uh, that knowledge. That uh, it, I, I look at it like a, a new pair of shoes. Uh, you know, we have to kind of stretch out the shoe. We got to wear in the shoe in order for it to fit appropriately. The same thing goes. Uh, with allowing this much high frequency energy into our consciousness, we we've got to begin to prepare ourselves, and that is why we hear so much about the art of initiation and teaching and taking it step by step in order to be able to receive it. We don't want to. Uh, my teacher said, you don't want to take the helicopter up to the mountain. You want to walk the path and experience all that you have to learn in order to reach the summit. So, uh, yes. <laughs> It seems to me like you can go delusional if you don't take the right steps. Absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, my first paper that my teacher had me write was the difference between uh, shamanic – what did he call it? Uh, the difference between shamanic enlightenment and schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> fine line. Fine A line. fine line. Very similar. <laughs> Very similar in characteristics, but one is more conscious and one is more unconscious. You know, shaman and priests used to be responsible for contacting spirit guides for the people. Do you think it's important for the average, average individual to contact their own spirit guides at this particular time in history? I believe it is a part of this particular time in history. I believe that uh, our consciousness as uh, as individuals on the planet, humanity, is going through this fabulous awakening. We've entered this uh, era, this frequency that now more information is coming to us directly uh, we hear about, you know, the quote-unquote awakening phenomenon that's happening around the planet, and it is allowing more and more information to come through intuitively. Uh, so, yes, I do believe that because we are in the era that we are in, this is a time for us to develop individual relationships uh, with our higher self, with our higher consciousness, with our spirit guides, and, and hopefully uh, making a connection with the source consciousness itself and allowing that, uh, uh, that infinite wisdom to continue to flow through us on a regular basis and develop a relationship with that. Was it because in lower frequency times we needed the extremely gifted to be able to contact, but now the frequency, the ambient frequency is raising, enabling more of us to be able to contact? I believe that's one of the reasons. I also believe that it is through our, well, our multiple incarnations as, as individuals on this, uh, on this 3D, 4D uh, planet that we're now evolved enough, that we are now, we've learned the experiences, we've learned the lessons. This is a part of history and the evolution of human consciousness. So, yes, both. Can everyone contact spirit guides at this point? I believe so. I believe so. I believe we all have the ability to do it. Whether we're all ready to do it, uh, that's another thing. But I do believe that the, that the availability is there for all of us right now. So what part does our higher self play in spirit guide communication? Uh, my, my, one of my favorite questions, yes. Uh, I believe 
uh, let me just ever quickly define the higher self, at least how I define the higher self. I define the higher self as that highest consciousness within us. It is not our body. It is not our emotions. It is not our thoughts. It, it's not even the self. It, it is an infinite aspect of who we are. It incorporates all of our past lives, all of our future lives. It is timeless. It is that piece of us. Uh, well, we could almost call it the 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 inert uh, Akashic records of our being, of our individual being. Uh, and and in being that, it is uh, in contact with source consciousness and and in contact with realms and frequencies that may not be um, accessible to us in our in our day, daily waking consciousness. So for me, the higher self is the is the channel. You know, we talk about channeling or downloading or communicating with these higher frequency beings. The way I teach it and the way that I've been taught. To do it is through my higher self so the first step is for me to develop or for anyone to develop a communication and relationship with their higher self and then allowing the higher self uh, to uh, to bring in uh, the communication the information the knowledge and the wisdom of these uh, spirit guides and or source it sounds kind of like intuition would be involved as well uh, how is how is yes. intuition involved Yes, uh, for me, higher conscious, our higher selves is our intuition. Uh, when we when we get that little nudge of you know don't make a left turn and you make a right turn and all of a sudden you hear on the news that you know if you would have gone left there was a five car pileup. To me, that's our higher self, uh, our intuition, speaking to us. And again, being that the higher self is uh, past, present, and future selves, it, it senses. It's much more sensitive to to the surroundings and to the events around us. So for me, uh, intuition is a major characteristic of the higher self. Well, with this said, how does one go about making contact with their spirit guides? Oh, wonderful question. There are many ways, and, and of course, you're going to hear many schools of thought on it, thoughts on it, uh, whether they be um, ancient uh, religion, ancient mystical pra practices, modern New Age practices, shamanism, and whatnot. Uh, but for me, I believe that it's just like tuning a radio dial. And we talk about frequency. We've covered frequency quite a bit here. And in order for us to have a, develop a relationship with our spirit guides, we must be able to tune the frequency of our body to be receptive to that. It can be as simple as asking our asking our guides to show themselves. It can be as simple as beginning to practice meditation to allow ourselves to go deeper into ourselves. And by going deeper into ourselves, we can go into that realm where, where the ego isn't in the way. And, and I believe that's a, a major factor in communicating with spirit guides is to allow uh, the ego to kind of, well, I always say we have to trick the ego to be quiet so our higher self can come through and communicate with our, with our spirit guides. But for me, the first step would be to to be able to go into a deeper state of mind, uh, begin to just ask your guides, because you know they're there. You probably might even know who, who they are already. And it's just a matter of asking them to show themselves and allowing your ego to get out of the way. Many times uh, people are being uh, contacted by their guides or their higher self is trying to communicate through them and their ego tells them, oh no, this isn't real. Oh, that's just your subconscious, or that's just uh, you know your, your mind playing tricks on you. So uh, one of the main things I, I, I try to teach is to allow the ego to get out of the way and then just allow the information to come through and learn to trust it. This, this brings up another question. We hear a lot about ego. <laughs> Mm. What exactly is ego? Well, ego, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, I, I believe Freud was one, one and um, uh, Carl Jung was one who kind of defined it as, uh, you know, the 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 idea of who we are. And I think that's the main concept of, of what I try to get across when I'm describing ego. It is the idea of who we are. It's the story, the story of the experiences that we've had within our life. Uh, that have gone into our subconscious mind, that have created that reaction when we see uh, someone we don't like or someone that reminds you of someone you don't like or seeing or feeling something that you do like. It it all comes from the experiences that we've had and that have remained latent within our subconscious mind. And we've developed this story of who we are. Uh, what do we believe in? What Who do we think we are? Our identity. And all of that, when we look at it on, on a greater picture, 
is a distraction from from what I consider the universal reality, the true the true high reality of of humanity and of ourselves. Those so, are a little uh, box of definition. Yes, yes, absolutely, and yeah. and actually they've uh, they've defined it uh, to be on uh, what is it the left hemisphere of our brain, the linear, logical, analytical, uh, aggressive side of our of our of our brain in that particular way as well. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? How um, we got one-sided, and now it's time to open up the other side of our brain and have the two dance together. Yes, absolutely, and they <laughs> can does, be, how- they can be complementary. How do spirit guides show up? I mean, is this is this an activity in the imagination? I believe it's an activity in the inner world. Um, I, it's very few people. I've been lucky enough to actually see them appear before me, and I, but I feel that's a very rare uh, a rare experience for people. I believe most of the communication uh, with my experience, especially even with my own guides, happens more on the inner worlds. Uh, I've seen my guides maybe a total of three times in the last 30 years. Uh, but as far as... Um, Direct communication does happen on the inner worlds, and again, what, learning what, to what trust is, that. What is the inner world? Uh, well, kind of what you said. It could be the imagination. It could be um, our subconscious. Uh, again, it's stepping away from from the ego side. Uh, stepping away. From, maybe it's in our our right brain, our right our, our right hemisphere. But it's that receptive side of us. It, it is the side of us where our mind is quiet. It's, it's the part of us that is not distracted and concerned and worried and fearful. It's a part of us that's actually more whole as far as I'm concerned. Well, aren't we, though? We're so indoctrinated into the, what we consider ordinary reality. How does a person even recognize how to go into the inner world, how to go into the, the inner knowing? How, how, can, how can you even begin? Uh, very cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway, is meditation, learning to quiet the mind. Uh, I, I, I put a, um, a challenge out to my, to my fans out there and, and, and the Internet and, and media and whatnot. I said, don't wait, meditate. Just allow your mind to be quiet and just acknowledge uh, that moment where things begin to slow down. And it's as simple as closing our eyes, taking a deep breath, and just sitting in silence and just becoming the observer of what our thoughts are doing. When we can put ourselves into that place of the observer, then we're going into that inner mind. Well, we're the observer when we sit and drool in front of a TV set. How is it different? <laughs> Uh, yes and no. Uh, I believe we're observing, but I believe that's actually, um, uh, to me, st- sitting and drooling in front of a television set is, set is kind of a, uh, a, a form of unconsciousness. Uh, we're not directly involved. We're not necessarily uh, aware of what we're watching. It, it's very, um, I, I mean, we see it all the time with people who have televisions on. They don't even know what they're, what they're watching. And they're not even really connected with it. So they're, it's almost like a, a, a media-induced trance versus a consciously-induced trance. <laughs> oh, so we're being appropriated. Oh, uh, to an extent, I, I agree, yeah. <laughs> to an extent, yes. But we make the choice to allow ourselves to be appropriated, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think media distracts us from our inner landscape? Wholeheartedly. Uh, I believe technology and media can be very helpful. Shows like this are very helpful. A lot of technology out there, social media, can be very helpful for positive things when used consciously, when we are using it consciously, not when we are reacting to it. I believe that uh, media uh, has come to to guide our, well, to learn how to manipulate us. Too many people are reacting to media. Too many people are reacting to the notifications on their phone or their computer and not necessarily uh, choosing to consciously proact uh, and, and utilize it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to need to take another break. Bernard and I will be back shortly, so don't go, go away. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Join our email family to receive our amazing topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. If you have suggestions for a topic or a guest, please email me, info at thescienceofmagic.net.
Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize, while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together, we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? Email me at the info and at info at thescienceofmagic.net. And again, suggest a topic or a guess that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one that would enjoy hearing about it. 
Our guest this hour is the author of The Book of One, Returning to Source Wisdom, Bernard Alvarez. His website, bernardalvarez.com. Bernard, where do archetypes fit in with all this? Oh, wonderful. Yes. Uh, we, we covered it a, a little bit at the beginning of the show. Uh, archetypes, and actually, let me share a way to utilize archetypes. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite uh, obstacles, I'll say, uh, to connecting with the higher self or connecting uh, with uh, our spirit guides is to use archetypes. Uh, I, I've had uh, clients or people or students that I've worked with where they are just having such a hard time uh, connecting with their higher consciousness, connecting with their intuition or connecting with spirit guides archetypes are representation of something uh for me they are the bridge between uh the higher realms and the physical realm when we think of archetypes we think of um gods goddesses uh, at least in the ancient world we did uh, they were representations of natural forces uh, you know we had the god of air the god of water etc etc the goddess of love uh, but the same thing can be utilized uh, on in this modern world even in our western world to help us connect with our higher self uh, for example, we can create an archetype of ourself in order to communicate with our spirit guide. Now, how do we go about that? Well, how would you yourself uh, see uh, and, and identify the personality traits? Uh, what would be the personality traits of you listening who wants to communicate with your spirit guides? What does that person look like? What is their ability? Are they, uh, you know, you could see them as a magical shaman who travels into other worlds and utilize that archetype in order to connect uh, with these other beings and uh, begin to develop communication. I believe, uh, for example, another use of archetype would be uh, a very masculine male who's having a difficult time connecting with uh, the goddess of nature, for, uh, for example. Well, we would utilize some type of archetype, uh, a, a divine feminine archetype that, that perhaps they feel akin to or f uh, feel comfortable communicating with as a bridge to that infinite uh, uh, non-dualistic aspect of nature. So do, for me... Go ahead. Do you think that um, the archetypes that we recognize, readily recognize that have been around for a long time, do you think that they have actually been created by collective human consciousness and do exist? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I don't know if I have enough time to go into that, but I will say this. Uh, yes, um, I believe that uh, there, is a, there is something where we create a thought form. Uh, for example, uh, we... we we as humanity, back before we had technology, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, we saw animals hanging around a river and we wondered why they were hanging around a river. Well, it turned out that there was a rock there and the rock was growing uh, plants so the animals would come eat the plant and then all of a sudden we thought this rock was magical because it was bringing life to all these animals. So we began to give it characteristics. Oh, the rock is a man. Oh, the rock is this. And what happens is when we get so many people identifying, giving characteristics to some Something, we create a thought form and that thought form in turn could easily turn into an archetype and could even, uh, you know, move into its own consciousness and create its own consciousness. I believe many of our ancient gods and goddesses perhaps uh, uh, were, were uh, thought forms and might actually be uh, uh, individual conscious beings uh, uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really mind-boggling, isn't it? You know, and, and if we do, if we can make them up collectively, how can we be sure the guides we see are real and not just something that we've made up? Ah, that's very good. That's very good. Uh, I, you know, and and I don't mean to sound uh, uh, fluffy or anything like that, but I, I don't think I don't feel that that's an issue. I believe that the, it's the information that's more important. If you see a, a daisy, a talking daisy, and that talking daisy is helping you, guiding you, and moving you, uh, uh, whether it be through obstacles or inspiring you to do better within your life and in your world, it doesn't matter if it's um, if it's a quote unquote a real or fake, uh, you know, uh, uh, conscious uh, construct. Uh, so it's very interesting that we uh, we want to prove that something is real when it really is real if we're already thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, we create the things we think about, which mm -hmm. is a scary thought, which takes us back to what are we creating if we're letting media manage it, right? <laughs> yes, yes, you can say that again. <laughs> and around we go. <laughs> Tell us about your first contact with your spirit guides. 
Very interesting. Um, uh, Something I'll never forget. Uh, I was probably in my early 20s. I was, uh, again, training with that Algonquin uh, shaman, and he helped me put together a a shamanic vision quest. And, uh, yes, we used uh, ceremonial medicine and left our bodies. And it was just such an amazing experience because I I felt like I was going to die. And it was at that moment that I let myself go and leave my body that I was just pulled into this realm. And uh, all of a sudden there were, I believe it was like seven beings, seven small beings, I I will say. They were, I'm pretty short and they were shorter than me. Uh, They had a a blue crystalline light and they were gathered around looking down at the planet. It was almost as if, I I don't want to make it sound too UFO-y, but it felt like we were on a craft and we were looking down at the planet. And what they were doing is they were focusing and zooming in on different aspects of the earth, showing, uh, you know, the pollution in the Ganges River, for example, or showing the genocide. Back then, it was the whole Bosnia time, it was in the early 90s, showing the genocide, uh, showing uh, material consumption and greed, showing pollution, I mean, overpopulation, everything that was out of balance with the planet. And it's very interesting because I looked at that as a problem back then. And it was through years that I I realized they weren't trying to show me what was wrong. They were just showing me what was out of balance. And it was a matter uh, for me and for others to bring that uh, balance back into play. Mm. But beyond that, I went into another higher realm and it was a, it was a golden light. And for lack of a better term, it was nothing, but in that nothing was everything. And it was there that, again, I saw the planet and I saw pieces of this golden light, almost like a lava lamp pulls, you know, a little bubble pulls off Mm -hmm, of the big bubble. And the little pieces of golden light were coming down to the earth and then coming back up to the big bubble. And I saw them as, you know, souls leaving the one main soul. And again, that's a passage in my book. But I didn't want to leave, and and it was almost as if I was being pushed against the wall of this golden blob ball energy of light and was told, you need to go back and show Sorry. them, show them <laughs> yeah. the way to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you've got work to do, dude, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you know, I got you... plopped back into my body, and I was unhappy ever since. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you speak of the awakening of humanity. What do you mean by that? Um, I what I mean by that is that there is a a almost a wave of frequency that we were talking about earlier, and, and we can we can say it's metaphysical, we can say it's scientific, we can say it's quantum, or we can just say it's um, uh, imaginary. But no matter what, what we're seeing is we're seeing a wave of consciousness happening around the planet, spontaneous awakenings of whether it be uh, geopolitical awareness, people seeing how, you know, maybe governments aren't thinking in the best interest of all the people or how mega corporations might not be thinking about making your life better, but making their pockets fuller. And the same thing with spirituality. We're seeing many people having these uh, these spontaneous paranormal experiences. People can communicating with their spirit guides, people communicating uh, with ancestors, people, uh, people's intuition just coming to the forefront. And, and their whole, their whole um, paradigm is being uh, ripped from them, and a whole new world is, is being uh, shown to them. And it's a little scary for a lot of us. I, I know I was scared in the beginning of my awakening. But uh, the good news is that it's happening to so many people. And the, the what I find very interesting is that we all seem to be seeking each other out. Uh, is this happening to you? Is this happening to you? And everyone's, we see it everywhere on social media. Oh my goodness, this is happening to me too. And, and whatnot. So uh, you can call it the incarnation of the rainbow tribe coming back to the earth. You can call it the incarnation of the crystals, the indigos, whatever it is. I, I just like to use the, the umbrella term of the global awakening of humanity and, and it is a phenomenon. It is a phenomenon that is happening to us. What What do you think is causing it? Do you think it has something to do with where we are in the galaxy? Does it have to do with all the uh, rapid information that's being passed around on the Internet? What's causing it? I, I, I kind of agree all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the reality of it is, is that, you know, we just had the whole, uh, quote, unquote, uh, the end of the great year. Uh, what some people say it's 2012. Some people say it was 2014. Whatever it is, uh, we we did a full cycle of 28,000 year cycle. So, yes, in the galaxy, we are in a, well, in the universe, we're in a different place. And there are certain alignments and there are certain planets, stars and whatnot that are uh, 
for lack of a better term, communicating with each other. So does this send some type of cosmic wave uh, toward the planet? Uh, I believe it does. Does it change the way that we think? Does it change our DNA? I believe it does. We're, we're hearing more and more about this whole RH blood, uh, RH negative blood uh, phenomenon, which uh, that could be a whole nother show, but I wouldn't be the one to do that. But there are just so many factors going on. Uh, for me, I do believe it's a combination of where we are in the universe. Uh, I believe it's where we are in this timeline as far as the history of humanity, all of the incarnations that we've had. And I also believe that it's just the end of an era and the beginning of a new era. And with that comes new thought, new ideas mm. and new uh, possibilities. Yeah. Well, you know, Bernard, time flies and we're out of it. <laughs> Thank mm. you so, so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. It's been a pleasure, Guelda. Thank you for having me. You bet. Our guest this hour has been the author of The Book of One, Returning to Source Wisdom, Bernard Alvarez. His website, bernardalvarez.com. This has been The Science of Magic. Join our email family to be the first to receive our thought-provoking, topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you find sacred guidance. Searching through